Turning tonight in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And we want to read beginning at verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day, in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Let's stop reading there and look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you tonight for the opportunity that we have to gather in this service and look into your word together. And we pray that you would help us as we look at these very familiar verses to see the old story of Jesus and his love. We pray that you would speak to our hearts for a few moments as we study these things together. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Sunday night, we looked at these verses concerning the birth of the Lord Jesus, and we saw their connection both in comparison and contrast to Matthew chapter 28 and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus from the dead. And this connection is one that is very important because it represents or it presents to us the complete picture of salvation. When we trust the Lord Jesus as our Savior, He is born in our hearts. And God raises us from the dead of our trespasses and sins. We talked about these, the connection between these two portions of scripture uh, in detail Sunday night. But there are a couple of other things here that we did not have time to mention in that message. It always seems like there's more message than there is time. Some things that we want to think about for a few minutes tonight. You're not going to hear anything new But I think that these are things that we need to be reminded of in this Christmas season. We want to look, first of all, at the message of the angel. The message of the angel. Look at verse 10. And the angel said unto them, the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. 
The first words of the angel are, fear not, fear not. There's a verse that comes to mind when we read those words and we think about them in the context of the Lord Jesus coming into the world. The verse is 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. It says, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear. And the message that this angel is giving is a message of love. It's the message of John 3.16. For God so loved, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's the message of 1 John 4 and verse 10. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son. That's what the angel is talking about. And sent his son to be the propitiation, the sacrifice, the satisfaction before God for our sins. And so the first words of the angel to the shepherds are fear not because the manifestation of the love of the Father for sinful mankind, love personified, was coming into the world on this night. And then the angel says, For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Notice the words, good tidings. If you have a Strong's Concordance and you look in the Greek dictionary of it, you find that these two words are one Greek word. And it's word number 2097. And what is interesting is if you look up the word gospel... It's word 2098, and it says that it comes, the word gospel comes from the same as 2097, as comes from the same as this word that's translated good tidings. And so the, the, the words good tidings are essentially the same word as the word gospel. And so the angel is bringing to these shepherds and to us the message of the gospel. This angel is preaching the everlasting gospel. And we learn something here in this verse. And that is that the gospel brings joy. The gospel brings joy. The first time that we find the word joy in the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 10, and chronologically, the first time that we find it here in Luke chapter 2, the word joy is associated with the birth of the Lord Jesus. And it's his birth into our hearts that brings joy. The angel is announcing here, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, not happiness. Not happiness. 
I think many, many times we get joy and happiness confused. But they're not the same thing. Happiness in life is dependent on circumstances. And therefore, happiness comes and goes. It waxes and wanes. There are moments of great happiness in our life when things are going well. The money in the bank, bills are paid, the car is running, the washing machine is running. All, everything is going well. And then there are moments of great unhappiness. We're short of money. We're, the, the car is broken down. Nobody knows what's wrong with it. The washing machine quit. And so our happiness meter goes up and down depending on the circumstances of life. The sad thing is, so many times we wear our happiness meter on our face. And so people can take one look at us, and many times they can tell where the happy meter is. Joy isn't like that. Because joy is dependent on the Lord. Joy is dependent on the Lord. Joy in the life of the believer should be constant. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He never changes. We used to sing a couple of little choruses when I was growing up that I remember. One of them said, if you want joy, real joy, wonderful joy, let Jesus come into your heart. It's the only way to have joy. The other one said, why should I care if the sun doesn't shine? Jesus is mine all of the time. Why should I care if the storm clouds are low? Jesus is with me. I know. We just came through probably one of the biggest letdown days of the year. doesn't say that on the calendar. But one of the biggest letdown days of the year is December the 26th. A lot of people's happiness disappears on December the 26th. Well, Vance Havner had a little, his little devotional for December the 26th. I want to read it to you because it goes along with what we're talking about. He said, the day after Christmas is a day of broken toys, open boxes, torn packages, thread and ribbons galore. The surprise is all over. Thank yous all said. A long time coming and so soon gone. But when Jesus Christ is born in our hearts, there are no sad days after. No waiting a year. No putting away the thank yous for another 12 months. Every day is Christmas when the Savior lives within. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Each day brings fresh gifts from above. Not a holiday, but a holy day. And we are not merely the recipients. 
We give because he gave. We love because he loved. And we want to share him with everybody. Once a year, Christmas on the calendar is precious. But there is no day after when we can say, Christ liveth in me. That's exactly right. That's the definition of joy, isn't it? The angel did not say, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great happiness. Because happiness is determined by our circumstances. And remember, remember the circumstances that the Lord Jesus promised his people. John 16 and verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In 2 Timothy 3 and verse 12, Paul tells us, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Paul experienced these things. He experienced the tribulations. He experienced the persecution. You can read the catalog of his tribulations and persecutions. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning at verse 23 and going through verse 27. And yet, if you think about the life of the Apostle Paul, one of the words that characterized his testimony is the word rejoice. Rejoice. He said in Philippians 1.18, I do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. He said in Philippians 4.4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Of the 41 times that we find the word rejoice in the New Testament, nearly half of them are in Paul's writings. And what word is the center of the word rejoice? If you look at that word, the word that is exactly in the center, there's two letters before it, there's two letters behind it, it's the word J-O-I, joy, joy. It's right in the middle of the word rejoice. It's the heart of rejoicing. We find the word joy 60 times in the New Testament. 24 of those times are in Paul's writings. Like Romans 15, 13, where he wrote, Now the God of hope filled you with all joy, not happiness, with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. It's Paul that writes in Galatians 5.22 and tells us as he lists the fruits of the Spirit, the second fruit of the Spirit, the one that follows love, is joy. The message of the angel. And it's the message of the gospel is, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Great joy. Do you see the cross in those words? We should. Because in the words of the angel, we can see the joy that was set before the Lord Jesus Christ. 
that enabled him to endure the cross. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. The depth of those words. Not great happiness. Great joy. And yet, what are so many Christians pursuing every day of their lives? How to be happy today. How to create a set of circumstances that will make me happy. Christians pursuing every day happiness here in the world. And you know what the result of that is? Weak Christians. Weak Christians. Because God says in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Not the happiness of the world that comes and goes, that's up and down. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And then the angel says that the message shall be to all people, to all people. That's a reminder that there is no respect of persons with God. No respect of persons with God. For God so loved the world. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Titus 2 and verse 11. 2 Peter 3 and verse 9 says, The Lord is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 1 John 2 and verse 2 says, And He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. And then John writes in 1 John 4, 14, And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you, let's stop right there for just a minute. Unto you. The word you is an important word. It's an interesting word. Because in the English language, the word you can be plural. The message is to all people. It is to all of you. And the message is singular. It is for each of you. It is for each one of us, personally and individually. For unto you, unto you, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's each one of us. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so unto you, those who are living in the shadow of death unto you is born this day, this day. When we see those words in the Bible, God is usually 
giving us a date without giving us a date. He's this day, this particular day, what day was it? We don't know the exact day. God knows the exact day. But here's what you and I do know. We know that that day was the fullness of the time. The fullness of the time. And when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. In the city of David. Exactly where God said he would be born 710 years earlier. On this day. When the fullness of the time came. Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 says, But thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. The Lord Jesus, God manifest in the flesh, was going to be born in Bethlehem, the city of David. And the significance of the Lord being born in Bethlehem, Ephrata, is found in the first mention of these words in the Bible. We find it in Genesis chapter 35. It's there that Jacob's final son, was born to him by Rachel, the young lady that he loved so dearly. And you remember that Rachel was in hard labor. And the midwife told her that she was going to have this son also. This was a very difficult pregnancy, as we've talked about before from the language there in Genesis 35. And Rachel died in giving birth to this child. And as she died, she called her son's name Ben-Oni, which means son of my sorrow. And you can imagine something of Rachel's sorrow. Especially you mothers here can imagine something of her sorrow. As she's travailing and giving birth and realizing that her life is slipping away from her. And, and she's never going to have the joy of watching this little boy grow up. And so she gave, gives him this name, Benoni, son of my sorrow. Jacob has another name for him. The name that he gives this son is Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. That's the Lord, isn't it? Those two names, Benoni, Benjamin. The Lord is the son of sorrow. Isaiah tells us he's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And because he was Benoni, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, 
Because he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Because he did that, God the Father calls him Benjamin. The son of my right hand. But this man, Paul tells us in the book of Hebrews, after he had, has all, had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down where? On the right hand of God. Son of my right hand. And so these things are connected with Bethlehem. And in them we see the Lord Jesus Christ. We see his person and his work. Unto you is born this day. This day, in the city of David, a Savior. A Savior. The word A there is very important. Every word of God is important. We're not to live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And we have every word that's proceeded out of His mouth. The word A is an article. And you learn that in English. It's always singular, and it's used here to tell us how many saviors there are. How many? That little word A tells us there's only one, only one. I am the Lord, and beside me there is no other. Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that name is Christ the Lord. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a singular Savior. And his name is Christ the Lord. Christ means anointed, which is exactly what the name Messiah means. Christ, the Messiah, the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament prophecies. The, the Jews have been in the news so much recently, since October the 7th. And I've been reading Benjamin Netanyahu's book. It's sad to read that book. This man, he's had an amazing life. And God has spared his life many times. He's not the typical politician who came up through the political ranks. He came up through the military ranks and was in peril of his life many times in battle. The Lord spared that man, and he brought him to this time in history. They need him desperately over there right now. Which is why the devil's trying so hard to get rid of him. But I, he, he says some things and talks about some things in that book that are so sad. He's still looking for the Messiah. And I, I ask the Lord when I think about it, Lord, help him to understand. Help these Jews to understand that the Messiah has come. And his name is Christ the Lord. The one that they were looking for. He's there. He's been. The singular Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Verse 12. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. 
Notice the word sign there in verse 12. The word sign here at the birth of the Lord Jesus is important because the next time we find it is when the scribes and the Pharisees come to the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 38. And you remember what they said to him. They said, Master, we would see a sign from thee. And the Lord said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. There shall no sign be given to this generation but the sign of the prophet Jonah. And that sign, the only sign of the death of the Lord Jesus was given at his birth right here. When the angel said, Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Grave clothes. That's where you're going to find him. That's the sign. That's the sign. It it is just absolutely incredible to me how the Spirit of God is so careful to link our minds to the birth of the Lord Jesus and to His death and to His resurrection. His birth. Why? He came. This is the sign. It's right here, a sign. A babe wrapped in grave clothes. No sign be given to this generation except the sign of Jonas that the Son of Man would be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So here's the good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. The gospel. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Now, after this, something very interesting happens. It's at this point in verse 13 that we have joining this one angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying. And then in verse 14, we have the first Christmas carol. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Now someone might say, well, how do we know it was a song? How do we know they just didn't say that? How do we know they sang it? Well, I'd like for you to turn back for just a minute to the book of Job, if you will. Job chapter 38. Job chapter 38, and look at verse 1. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. 
Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? We're talking about the creation here. Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof if thou knowest? Or who has stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? All of these verses, the Lord is describing what took place at creation. And then notice what he says, what happened at the creation in verse 7. When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. At the, ver at the creation, verse 7 tells us that the morning stars, that's the angels. Angels are symbolized by stars. You remember in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 20 that John tells us that the seven stars, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. So when we read about the morning stars here, we're reading about the angels. At the creation, the angels, a multitude of the heavenly host, sang together. And what did they sing? Well, I'd suggest a thought about that. I believe they sang a hymn from the hymn book of heaven. The Psalms. Look over at Psalm 19 for just a second. We're, we're pretty close to it. Look at Psalm 19. And look at verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Notice the words speech and language. Speech and language are what? They're words. The creation utters words. And on this night in Bethlehem, the Word, the Word, God was made flesh and dwelt among us. On this night in Bethlehem, heaven and nature sang. Yes, absolutely, the angels sang the first Christmas carol here. Look back again at Luke chapter 2. No question about it. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. We celebrate the song of the angels with songs like joy to the world. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature Sing with songs like angels from the realms of glory. Wing your flight o'er all the earth. Ye who sang creation's story. Now proclaim the Savior's birth. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. 
Right here is the first Christmas carol. As the morning stars sang together at the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a point here that I'd like to make. I think it, it's, it's about an order that I believe is very important to see. Well, you notice the order here. Here, The message came first. The message came first. The glad tidings of the gospel. The message came first, and then the music came second. It's the message that has the priority. The message. And it's like that because it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And when we think about the order here, message and music, we can see how Satan has worked in our day to reverse it. How he has worked to put the music first, to give music the priority. Praise and worship. My wife worked with a lady several years ago that went to a church like that. And she came in one Monday morning. She was just talking about the, the, the praise and worship and the singing. And my wife asked her, well, what did the preacher preach on? She said, he didn't have time to preach. That's the whole point. That's the, whole, that's the devil's whole plan. There's any time left. Oh, we might get around to read a verse of scripture or two. This is a, a very critical portion of scripture, Luke chapter 2. It's the message of Christmas. It's the message of the gospel. It's the message of how we're to live the Christian life with joy. Joy in our hearts. It's the pattern for doing the Lord's work here in the world, the way that he wants it done. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this glorious passage of Scripture. We thank you that we can come to it over and over and over again and never exhaust it. Only the ages of eternity will reveal the depth of the truth that's here. But we thank you for, for these times on this side of eternity when we can gather with you and study these things together. We thank you for those who have come tonight. We pray your blessings upon them. We ask it in Jesus' name.